Hey, Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor JP here. Hey, we're so glad that you're joining with us on our podcast today. I pray today that this message stirs your faith, that it builds you up, that it draws you closer to the Father's heart, and ultimately that you just feel the embrace of heaven. We would love to stay connected with you and you to stay connected with us. So please feel free to check us out on our website, oasischurchchicago.com, or download our app, Oasis Church Chicago. Also, you can be sure to join with us on our live stream on our YouTube page every Wednesday night and Sunday morning. Now here's today's message. Good morning. morning. Hey, listen, if you're a little tired, that's okay. I'm pumped up all the time, and I'm going to try to pump you up today as well. Amen? Come on, you guys can be seated. We're going to get into the Word this morning. It's great to be here. Reuben, I don't think you, what you introduced me as? I know you said Pastor Charles from Englewood, Um, but I want you to know that I am your family. I am your cousin, so after, well, you're not going to see me after service because I have to run to my service. But if you see me in the streets, you can run up on me and say, hey, Cousin Charlie, that was a good word. Even if you didn't think it was a good word, you could still tell me it was a good word and I will receive it in Jesus' name, amen? Let me say good morning to your pastors. Good morning, Pastor JP, Rachel, wherever you are, the kiddos, hello. But um, I just want you to know that your pastors have been friends of my wife and I for many, many years. Um, Pastor JP and Rachel was working at Olivet Nazarene and led a mission team um, to our church. But before that, I met him in the summer. And Pastor JP had a commitment. He said, when he, before the church even started, he said, Pastor Moody, we're going to sow into your ministry because I believe in what you guys are doing here. And he's been with us ever since this church has been planted, whether He had a couple of people or hundreds of people. They have been faithful, and I want to thank them for that, but I want to thank you guys also for your faithfulness um, in this season. Amen? So before I preach, sometimes I just go right into my message, and you guys probably don't know what we do in Inglewood. I just want to share a story with you this morning. Well, I'm not going to share the story. Miss Rose is going to share her story with you of what we do on the south side of Chicago. Could you play Miss Rose's story? My name is Rosalie Anderson. I'm from the city of Chicago. When I was young, my mom didn't want me, so they put me in a home, in a foster home, and I was in a home for like, until I got 11 years old. And in and out of those homes, I was traumatized. My mom, I guess she had, she had got married, and she finally got me out the home at the age of 11 at the age of 16, and I had a baby. You know, my mom had took the baby from me at first. And then I used to be, when I bought me drinking, alcoholic and stuff, she used to bring the baby to the lot and just leave my little baby there. So that made me get myself together. You know, that like Rose, your child can't go through this. You know, you got, I had to think about what I had been through. And, but see, I didn't know, I thought drinking and partying was the thing to do, but, you know, being by myself, where there's no help there, you know, there's no love there. When you don't feel love, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just so much, excuse me, it's just a lot. And it's just hard, you know what I'm saying? It's just hard. So after that, I have been always known about God, but I never sat down and really paid attention to how good he really is to me. You know, until until this age now, now I'm just living, trying to do better for myself, trying to do better for my grandkids. My pastor, 
he let me start working for the church first, doing the, doing maintenance and stuff. So then his wife, Miss Kay, she um said, you want to try the daycare out? I'm like, sure. So she let me try out one day. And I was like, oh, look at the little babies, you know, and I enjoyed that. And then she, she said, Miss Rose, you have to get your uh, high school diploma, your GED or something. So I, she said, I'm going to help you find a school. So I was like, that's okay, Miss Kay, because it's a school right across the street from my house then. So I went on in there and I signed up. I said, I said, Miss Kay, I ain't going to be able to do it. She said, yes, you are. She said, yes, you are. She said, You're gonna, uh, we're all going to help you. We're going to help you. You got plenty of support, Miss Rose. So I went on, I signed up. They gave me my books and stuff. And I brought it to work with me. They gave me time out with the do. They helped me when I didn't know how to spell or whatever. And I got that's how I got my high school diploma because I wanted I want to work for the daycare. And I couldn't do it without my high school diploma. I was just so happy. I put it all on Facebook, like, I got my high school diploma, look at me. They and you know, everybody was proud of me. I was proud of myself, basically though, you know what I'm saying? I'm proud because I did it. With everybody's help, I did it. I'm grateful. Amen. Don't that make you feel good? And I just want you to know that you guys are a part of that. Amen. You are part of Miss Rose's story. Um, because of your faithfulness, God has been doing a work in Miss Rose's life. She's been faithful through the pandemic, still working in the preschool with the students. And um, all her grandchildren come to church because of her. Amen. So I just want to thank you for your faithfulness. Amen. Amen. So I know that the series, the Sabbath, a series on divine rest is over. But I just felt like the Lord wanted me to just make it very practical. Can I make it very practical? Because sometimes when you hear about the Sabbath and there's guidelines, sometimes you, it's, it feels like rules. I don't know about you, but when you begin to learn about things and you don't practice it, it feels like I'm failing God. Am I the only person? If you miss the Sabbath or something comes up, you're like, oh, God hates me. But today, I just want to give you some the, the practical side of, of, of practicing the Sabbath. Amen? In 2012, when my family moved to the south side of Chicago, it wasn't a good idea. It was a God idea. It wasn't something that I thought I could do on my own strength. But it's in that time that you spend with God. You know, the Sabbath is not so that you could get a word from God. The Sabbath is so that you could spend time with God. You know, so many times we do things because we want to hear from God. We want the assignment from God. And God is like, I just want to be with you. I just want to spend time with you. And it's in that quiet place. It's in that quiet place that as you spend time with God, you begin to get the heartbeat of God. See, before you can get the assignment from God, what we really need is the heartbeat. What's on your heart, God? And as you spend time with him, you will begin to pick up his pulse. And you will begin to be concerned about God is, he don't even have to tell you to go do these things. I'm reading a book right now and the gentleman 
the Holy Spirit spoke to a gentleman and he said, listen, don't ask me to provide for someone when you can. If you have the natural means to help somebody, why are you praying to me? Go help your brother or sister. Go feed those who are hungry. Go clothe those who are naked. Go visit those who are in jail. You don't need a word from me to do that because you already know to do those natural things. But when you begin to spend time with God, those things that we think is supernatural becomes natural. You know, in our Christian head, we think sharing the gospel with somebody is supernatural. That is natural. There is nothing supernatural about share, those words coming out of your mouth. It's not, now I shouldn't say that. Let me, let, me, let me go back a little bit, Nick. The intentionality of sharing the gospel, that's natural. But the words that come out of your mouth because it's done in faith, God makes those words supernatural. But the only time you begin to be concerned about the things God is concerned about is when you spend time with him. So in 2012, we moved from New York and we moved to the south side of Chicago to live and minister in the worst community. I didn't know where, but God did. That's not a good idea. And a lot of people told me. Folks who are believers, Christians, that's not a good idea. You know they kill black boys on the south side of Chicago. But Pastor Moody, you got two. Do you want to put a target on their back? Uh, listen, I always tell people this. The safest place you could be is in the center of God's will. And God forbid we die. We get promoted. Oh, Gosh, if I, like, the pandemic woke me up like I've never seen believers so afraid to die. I said, if you die, you get to go to a place where there is no more pain. There is no sorrow. You get a glorified body. It says the road is made out of gold. The water is like crystal glass. What are we afraid of? Jesus is there. The Jesus we sing about is there. Don't you want to see him? But when we get the heartbeat of God, that's when we begin to do these natural things. The Sabbath rest is what encourage you and restore you to continue to go on. I don't like to share bad stories, but I, the Lord woke me up this morning and wanted me to share this story with you. You guys may have heard about three weeks to four weeks ago, there was two young kids who were murdered that went to Simeon High School. How many of you guys don't watch the news? Yeah, I know. Some people just hate bad news. But I need news because I need to know what to pray for. So that's why I watch it. That's free. You don't got to put nothing in the offering plate for that one. <laughs> But two young men were murdered from Simeon. One of those young men played basketball in my church every week. And it's in those times 
It's in those seasons that we need to learn how to rest in God. Because when that young man was murdered, you begin to question, am I making a difference in this community? Multiple people have been murdered, shot that I know. And you ask yourself the question, is it worth it? And then you go into this Sabbath rest. You go in and you spend time with God and he begins to encourage you. He begins to talk to you and let you know, Charles, it is worth it. He begins to speak to you and let you know that, Charles, even though you don't, you don't understand, you could trust me. Continue to go on. The pain and the sorrow begins to go away because the Lord now is ministering to you. I hope I'm sharing something with you about the Sabbath rest. The Sabbath rest is not to go in to get an assignment. The Sabbath rest is to find rest. Divine rest to our souls so that we could meet with God. Now, I'm here to tell you my message is not on the Sabbath. So I need about 50 more minutes. <laughs> what I truly am here today to speak to you about is about becoming a friend of God. So many people believe that they know God. But the pandemic shared and showed me that a lot of people know about God. And I'm here today to tell you that one, God wants to be your friend. God wants to spend time with you. I love it, the song that we were just singing, that G Jesus, the word in James says that if you draw nearer to me, that I will draw nearer to you. That God actually wants to speak to you. God wants to be your friend. When JP started planting, when he was planting this church, and he began to share the vision with his friends, his friends came alongside of him and said, I want to be a co-laborer with you. And God is saying to us today, I want to be your friend that I want you to be a co-laborer with me. When you become a friend of God, he begins to share intimate things with you. He begins to trust you with true riches when you become a friend of God. When you know about God, you know about God. You know, I'm on Facebook, got thousands of friends. I don't know them. People are like, yeah, Charles Booty, I know him. I don't know you. I don't know you. I don't know your name. I don't know where you're from. You follow me on Instagram, you don't. You know some things about me, but you don't quite know me. And I'm here today to tell you that God wants you to know him. He wants you to know the things that's in his heart, the things that he loves, the things that he adores. He wants you to know those things because he cares about you but he also wants you to care about the things he care about as well, amen? The love 
of God is going to cause you to touch lives. Not only on Sundays, not only during the prayer meetings, but every single day when you go to work, when you go to school, when you're running, when you, the love of God will cause you to touch people's lives every day, waking up with an expectation of God, who life do you want me to touch today? The Sabbath is practical, is real, but it's something that we have to do every day, amen, to get into the presence of God. There's a process of becoming a friend of God, amen? There's a lot of people who act like they know God, but the re reality is that they're not in a relationship in order to develop a relationship with God, we have to go through a process. There's a process that we all have to go through. And today I want to share that process with you, knowing, that, knowing God intimately. And as we go through this process, you will begin to see that you could taste and see that God is good. That you could taste and see that God is good. And I don't know about you, but anytime I taste some food that's good, I tell people about it. Anybody like that with me? You go to a restaurant and be like, ooh wee. That's actually the name of a restaurant on 83rd Street. It's called ooh wee. Ooh wee is good. That's the name for real, ooh wee. But you go and you tell people, and that's what I hope for today will happen, that you would taste and see that God is good and that the Sabbath day, the Sabbath rest, is not just something you can put off. I've been practicing, anybody who knows me, I have one day that's my Sabbath and I've been practicing it for years. I knew about the Sabbath, been saved 21 years and only been practicing the Sabbath for about four years. I knew about the Sabbath. I knew about the guidelines. I knew about everything to do. And I've only been practicing it for four years. And when I finally put the Sabbath to the test, one day felt like a week. I said, oh my gosh, this thing really works. I looked at my wife and said, I feel like I've been resting all week. The Sabbath is real, but we have to practice it, amen? If you have your Bibles, we're going to be looking at the book of Numbers, verses 12, 1 through 9. Numbers, verses, Numbers chapter 12, verses 1 through 9. We're talking about becoming a friend of God, the process of becoming a friend of God. And it reads, Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses because, it's because of his Cushite wife. For he had married a Cushite. Has the Lord spoken only through Moses, they asked. Hasn't he also spoken through us? And the Lord heard this. Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. At once the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, come out 
to the tent of meetings, all three of you. So the three of them went out. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud. He stood at the entrance to the tent and summoned Aaron and Miriam. When the two of you stepped, when the two of them stepped forward, he said, listen to my words. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him, I speak face to face. Clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Why? Then were you not afraid to speak against my servant? The anger of the Lord burnt against them and they and he left them. Father, I thank you that you left us an example how you want to minister to us, how you want to speak with us, how you want to have a relationship with us. And Lord, I pray for Oasis as they practice the Sabbath, that they would get to a place where they would meet with you face to face. That they would meet with you face to face. Lord, I pray that you would grant us this desire to get to a place, Lord God, to abide in you, to be with you. So I thank you, Lord God, for what you're going to do. Take these simple words that I will share today, and I ask that you would make these words supernatural, Lord God, that you would touch your children in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Ooh. When I read this passage and I began to think about the relationship that you think Moses practiced the Sabbath? They had no choice back then. But in order to enter this place, you had to have a desire to go. Because, you know, sometimes we could go to church but don't really want to go to church. Don't really want to be there. But I believe that Moses was in a place that he desired to meet with God. That it wasn't just to meet with God to get some assignment, but that he felt a place of joy, that he felt a place of relationship, of friendship with the God that created the heavens and the earth. That Moses felt this place with God, that God said, I'm going to reveal myself to you. That you're going to know me face to face. That God loved Moses so much that when people was talking trash about him. Come on, anybody got big brothers that will stick up for you? Or big sisters? JP would tell me about his sister. She was that for him, knocking people out. But the defender of Moses was the God who created the heavens and the earth. Come to the tent of meeting. I need to talk to you. You're not going to talk to my friend like that. You, you forgot who Moses was? He's my friend. 
He's my friend. He's not this typical. He speaks to me. And the God who created the heaven and earth rebuked them. It said that he was so angry that they lost respect for Moses who had this great relationship with God. Listen, we judging people with the things that they do and we don't know where they stand with God. One of the first things that part of this process, I believe, is that we have to make ourselves available to God. We have to make ourselves available to God. I believe that Moses' first encounter with God at the burning bush is what made him, made himself available. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire within the bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire. It didn't burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over there and see this strange sight. Why this bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Don't come to me. Come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals. For the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Moses' relationship with God went from hiding his face to being face to face. That if the first step in this process is this, we need to make ourselves available to God. I believe that the Sabbath was even created, yes, for us to get our rest, but also to beg the question, will you make yourself available to meet with me? Will you trust me to take care of the things? I remember somebody said that to me. They said, you know why you don't take the Sabbath? Because you don't trust God. You think that if you miss one day that the world is going to fall apart. That one day is going to cause your friends to, to miss you and never talk to you again. You're going to miss that movie. Work is not going to be able to go on. You know what the, word, the Lord is really saying? You made yourself God. But we have to make ourselves available to God, that we have to be intentional about making ourselves available to God so that he could speak to us. But one thing with our availability, listen, the way that we approach God is also important. Before Moses, yes, he made himself available, but before he went before God, God said, listen, Moses, you are standing on holy ground. I need you to unstrap your sandals. I would say in this process, God is not like no other man. We can't come to God with some things. I tell people in my church, one thing that God can't dwell in is sin. God does not dwell in sin. Oh, but he loves me. He, he, the Bible tells me to come the way. Not the Bible. People say he loves you the way that you are. That is true. 
but he loves you too much to leave you that way. And when we come to God, yes, when we come to God, let's make sure that our hearts is right. Moses hid his face from God because I believe that he probably had some sin going on in his life. When you go before God, God begins to reveal things and God would say, listen, begin to make things right. Before you approach this holy God, God, I know I'm not perfect. This is my prayer. Lord, I ask that you would cleanse me and forgive me of the things that I have done. But I need you. And I love it that in the book of John, 1 John, it says that God is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sin and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That in that moment that God is able to forgive us so you don't have to walk around in shame and condemnation, that God is able to forgive you from right there. Right there at that moment. So let's take off some of those things and come to God, make ourselves available. And maybe God want to meet you at a Sunday service and you don't want to go. Those of you watching on YouTube, I love you. It may be easier for you to stay at home and watch the service. But sometimes we got to go. Sometimes we have to push through. It's, it's easier. It's safer in my house. But sometimes we have to go. God may be dealing with you about old group. I don't really want to go to old group, but it may be in that place that God developed this relationship with you. It's not just in the secret place. I like what Reuben said that, listen, we need each other. That we could begin to develop a relationship with God because of things that other people's doing it. It may be waking up in the morning time and meeting God. Opening up that word. Praying, seeking God. You may not want to, but it's in that place that you begin to develop that relationship with God. We have to make ourselves available. We have to be intentional. And listen, I live in a world where people say, I'm busy, I'm busy, pastor, I am busy. I don't have time to read. Nobody want to say that, but I know that. But I watch you go to the gym. You ain't too busy for that. Your fingernails is done. You ain't too busy for that. You was at that good restaurant eating that food. You wasn't too busy for that. You was hanging out with your boo-boo. You wasn't too busy for that. You were able to make yourself available for all these things, but you can't make yourself available for me. We have to begin to make ourselves available so that we get to know God. And then what I love about Moses is that this, that Moses made a decision to follow God. After Moses listened to God, he followed him. He, he obeyed what he told him to do. Jesus said it like this. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. Moses, in all his weakness, in all his weakness, said that I'm going to follow you. I'm going to trust you. 
How many of us in this room have good friends? Anybody here have good friends? Oh, thank God for good friends. Let's keep it real. Why are they a good friend? I bet you you talk. Right? You hang out. You make yourself available to one another. If anybody has a need, if you, any of your friends, if they're your friend, you have a need, they'll meet it. If you have issues, they're willing to listen. Friendships. The same way we have natural friendships is the same friendship that God wants to have with us. See, that's what I love about the Sabbath because it puts us in a posture where we could communicate with God and begin to speak to God like you speak to your friend. That you get to, to weep before God. That you realize that God truly cares for you. And when God tells you to do something, you actually do it. You know why you do it? Not because you could do it in your own strength, but because you trust him to do it through you. But this is the type of friendship that God wants us to continue to develop by doing the right things. God is that friend. He doesn't want you to be around dirt. You got any friends that will, will snitch on you? You got any good friends that will like if you're doing something real stupid that they'll go to your mama and be like, talk to your daughter. Look in the top drawer on the left side. Look in the trunk of the car. That's a, a good friend is concerned. A good friend is concerned. Like if you're a good friend, you'd be like, oh, my friend could go kill themselves and I'll love them to death. God wants you to love them to life, not to death. But God is that friend, and God can't be around dirt. God would expose your dirt, not to crush you. But God can't be around that. He'll begin to reveal things to you. He'll begin to bring people in your life and say that, listen, the reason I'm exposing this is because I want to be with you. And I don't dwell in darkness. The Bible says God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. He brings light to the dark. So if we want to be a friend of God, we have to obey his word. I don't have to tell you the things that you're not supposed to do. You already know not to do it. It's just now time to obey what God is telling us to do. And I'm telling you, you will find freedom. There's nothing like finding freedom. And I know you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. But listen, there is freedom in God when you know that you are following the word of God. Every day waking up and feeling like a champion. Why? Because I'm obeying my Lord. Apply these truths to your life and watch what God does. The last thing that Moses did, he followed God, but he also trusted God. Moses put his faith in God. When God told him to do something, no matter how hard it was, he did it. You know how hard it was for me to leave New York? This is going to sound bad. It wasn't hard at all. My mama's still there. My siblings are still there. My nieces and nephews, they're still there. My friends, my pastor was there. It wasn't that hard. Because I developed this relationship with God. When God said to go, I was like, how far? 
where you want me to go, I'm willing to go. That when you begin to develop this relationship with them, you could trust God. Can I tell you today that money, Christians say, I love God, I desire God, but don't trust God? We don't trust God for our provision. We don't trust God for our protection. We don't trust God, and because we don't have that trust yet, we're not willing to step out in faith. And stepping out faith really reveals your heart that you actually trust God, but it's only in that secret place that you're going to trust God. You could read every book that's under the sun about trusting God, but until you step out in faith, until you put that knowledge that you have to faith, you're not going to see God move because we don't trust him. When you develop this friendship with God, you will be able to trust him. You will begin to have the courage to do things. This is what the Sabbath does. It puts you in a relationship not so that you could know some things and practice some guidelines and some rules, but it puts you in a place and a posture of getting to know your God. And when you know this God, you will be able to trust him. When he tells you to do things that sound crazy, I have... Listen, the Lord told me to give $15,000 away. That may not be nothing for you, Doug. That's pocket change. Doug walk around with 15 grand. <laughs> now, if y'all know Doug, don't try to take his $15,000. I know him. Shh, shh, we don't tell nobody. But 15 grand is a lot of money. And the Lord told me to give this money away, and I said, Lord Jesus, why must you test me in this manner? <laughs> this wasn't in the Sabbath place. I wasn't in, at the, well, I guess I was at a service. The Lord spoke to my heart, give this money away. I said, sweet Jesus. So you know what I did next? Lord, speak to me. I'll go speak to my wife. <laughs> Maybe I ain't really hear from God. <laughs> She's going to set me straight. So she said, I said, Kande. She said, what? I said, the Lord just told me, give me 15 grand. She said, you sure? She said, oh, no, this is God. Because you don't give money away. <laughs> she said, this is God. Give the money. Write the check. I said, all right. I ain't even play. That day I wrote the check, 15 grand. Mm-hmm. It's all yours, God. Now, can I tell you, I have property in New York. And there was a season of my life where I could not pay for that property. I didn't pay the mortgage or my association fees for 20 months. I waited every day for the bank to call me to, to um, foreclose on my property. Every, waiting for the bank every day. I don't even care about the property at this point. My, my credit score is tanked. I don't care about nothing else. I had great credit score. After that, <laughs> uh, 
I'm not stressing. I'm not going into the Sabbath place saying, God, I trusted you and I'm about to lose my property and my credit score sucks. <laughs> Can you say that in church? Sorry, JP, I don't know if you say that. But God knows what's in your heart and in your vocabulary. So I got a couple of minutes. I got a couple of minutes. I promise JP I'm going to get up out of here. 20 months. After 20 months, the bank calls me. I swore the bank was calling me to foreclose on my property, Reuben. The bank calls me and says, is this Charles Moody? Yes, it is. Do you own this property? Yes, I do. <laughs> Next thing he's guy, I don't care. I don't care. I don't want it. But, he, but before he asked me any other question, he just said, we, I want you to know that Chase Bank forgave your loan. I said, this is a joke. When do we start the foreclosure process? Stop playing with me. He said, no, sir. Chase Bank forgave your loan. I said, you know, I owe like $118,000 on this property. He said, yep, Chase Bank forgave the whole thing. You owe us $0. I said, thank you, hallelujah, click. <laughs> My accountant told me call back because I had no money. So I said, hey, how much taxes do I have to pay on this money that they forgave? He said, Oh, Obama passed a law that if you owe anything less than $150,000, you don't have to pay taxes on the money. I said, look at God. Look at God, Reuben. He said, what they do with the property? I said, I don't care. Burn it. <laughs> he said, call back and see what they're doing with the property. I call back. They tell me again. We forgave your loan. I said, thank you, Jesus. I said, what you do with the property? Oh, we're giving it to you. You what? We're giving it to you. It's yours. Paid off, clear. First thing I wanted to do was sell it, but I was like, no, nah, I ain't going to sell it. <laughs> Let me see what the Lord wants us to do with this. But it's in that place of resting in God that God begins to speak to you and minister to you Come on, worship team, come make me sound spiritual. <laughs> that you could trust God to give away money you don't have, to go do things that you don't want to do, that you become a friend of God, that when God says do something, you could trust him that he's going to be faithful to make sure that you are okay. And this Sabbath rest is so important, not just for us to get an assignment, not for us to write off, check off every day that I have done this, but that we get to rest and know the God that we serve. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you that you're going to see God do some supernatural things in your life as you trust him. Become a friend of God. Remember the process. Go through the process. Make yourself available to God every day. On the Sabbath day, but every day. The Sabbath day is cool, but every day. Spend time with God. Make yourself available to him. Make the decision to follow him. Obey him. And then the third thing, like Moses, trust him. Step out in faith. 
and watch God do some supernatural things in your life. Amen? If you're able, stand with me. Anybody here would say, I want to have that type of relationship like Moses had. I want to meet with God face to face. I don't know who's preaching next week, but they're going to share with you how to get there. <laughs> but I want to pray with you that you will have that desire to meet with Jesus face to face every day. So, Father, I thank you for today. Thank you for your children, Lord God. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you call us your friend. So, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would grant us the desire to seek you, to be with you, expecting to meet with you, that we would make ourselves, Lord God, available, that we would follow you, that we would trust you, Lord God. Lord God, there's so much that you want us to do together with you, Lord God. So Lord, I pray even as Oasis have learned, Lord God, about divine rest, that they would be encouraged to meet you in that place, not to receive assignments or spiritual powers, but to meet with a God that loves them. To meet with a God that adores them. To meet with a God, Lord God, that wants to heal them. That they will meet you in that place. So Holy Spirit, I pray that even as we leave this place, Lord God, that we won't leave your presence. That you will continue to speak to us, minister to us, Lord God. So Lord, I just ask that you would have your way. Speak to us like never before in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.